Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Hey, what's going on? It's Metal Shop Backstage Pass Podcast and Metal Shop here on The Rock. And, and uh, we're actually talking with uh, Necrot bassist vocalist Luca Indrio. Uh, we got to see him... Seems like a lifetime ago, but really wasn't even that long ago with Gate Creeper and Exhumed Killer Show. You guys have a new record coming out August 28th called Mortal. Highly anticipated record. Uh, but Luca, man, how are you doing today? Uh, how, how are you holding up during this weird time? Uh, how are you doing, man? Well, listen, I'm doing great. I was doing really a couple of months ago. Yeah. Uh, but now I'm doing good. Like, you know, uh, initially it's like uh, we were all very bummed about like, you know, we, we lost like literally 90 shows that we were going to do between May and September. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that was like uh, a big hit. It was both economically, you know, all the money we were supposed to make, we're now making them. But also it's like, you know, it's also your lifestyle that changes because it's like we're not used to stay put for too long, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, a combination of these things, like, you know, initially made us very upset. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, after a little bit, though, it's like, you know, you can be upset. It's like, it's stupid. It's like, uh, it's a waste of time. I have every, everything in life, you know, every time. Everything is going to go through eventually, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you get over upset every time something doesn't go the way you want it to go, you're just going to spend your life like a miserable loser. So it's like, you know, I was bummed initially, but then I, I, I snapped out of it because well, what's the point of sitting around being sad of something that you have no control over it? Exactly. It's like, it doesn't depend on us when shows are going to start back. There is politics. And also it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, there is people who are, you know, I don't have kids. I don't have a mm-hmm. wife, a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I don't have anybody I need to take care of. I'm like, you know, I'm 33-year-old dude. And, like, you know, I'm going to be all right. Exactly. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I, I, I feel there is people that, like, they're literally losing their house. They're losing their jobs. They're losing their, eventually, their relationship over this. They're losing their, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like. I always like to maintain, like, you know, some kind of decency and, like, you realize that overall, like, you know, my situation is extremely easy compared to other compared, people yeah. that eventually they have, like, a family or or parents that are old that need medication yeah. or I don't fucking know, man. Like, you know, life can be horrible. Yeah, it's good to so see. So overall, it's... I'm okay, man. Overall, I, I really can't complain. I would be, like, such an ass for complaining and it's, like, 
you know, my the, we have an album coming out, mm-hmm. and it's like I think it's sick, and like I'm excited for people to hear it and listen to it, and like you know, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, you know, things are not easy at all because it's like uh, we all have to figure it out ways to survive through yep. this, and like mm-hmm. living in the Bay Area, it doesn't help at all. But like, I found yeah. myself, I, I found a solution for myself because I I subletted my my rent in the Bay Area, and uh, I am in Mexico right now. Oh, wow. Like, I can, okay. Yeah, because it's like, you know, I, I love to come to Mexico, but like uh, also like I can literally get by here with like less than 500 bucks a month. And this is including like, you know, rent, food, or anything I need. So it's like, you know, for me, I came here just to wait this out because I can't stay in the Bay Area right now. Paying rent is like, it's impossible without working. <laughs> you know yeah. So it's like I'm That's in a you figured it out. solution. Yeah. Yeah, but I said, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to do this both because I only have to worry about myself. And second is yep. because I always sublet my room every time I go on tour anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm I'm very much used to, to do this, to sublet my room and be somewhere else. So it's like, you know, I found this solution and it's like, you know, uh, it's fine for now. Uh, at least it gives me some time to to wait and see what happens without being like, you know, ending up homeless in the Bay area. So it's like, uh, this is fine. But at the same time, I'm super excited because mortal is coming out in a couple of weeks. And like, Mm -hmm. I think the album is sick and, uh, we put a lot of work to, 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 to have it ready. And like, uh, I I just can't wait for people to listen to it. You know, it's very exciting regardless of not being able to play shows, which really sucks. But at the same time, we still got something. We still got something going on with the band right now. We got the new album, which is very exciting. It's a hell of a so time to put. I, a, it's a hell of a time to put out an album, right? It is, but also it's like I feel that like you know, death metal has always been the, for me, has always been like the true soundtrack of the world. And like I feel like right now more than ever. Like you know, I feel like right now, our lyrics that always made sense to me, they make sense even to more people. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I mean, it's kind of that apocalyptic thing that we always heard, you know, bands like Malevolent Creation writing about or like Incantation, you know, it's like the end times, it almost feels like. So uh, I think you guys will be a good soundtrack for that. Um, so what... Uh, for when we all die. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. August 28th uh, is the release of the new record. Uh, what can you What can you tell us about it? Obviously, you guys have released a, a song um, from the record. Uh, you can hear it now on the Bandcamp and YouTube. But uh, without spoiling too much, um, what can you tell us a little bit about Mortal? Well, uh, if you don't know the band at all, uh, it's, it's a death metal album. Yeah. And, uh, okay. If, if you do know, if you do know the band, <laughs> and you heard our previous records called Blood Offerings, yeah. and you liked it, you should expect something better from this one because that's how we feel about it. Okay. Because it's like you know, three years went by from Blood Offerings to this record. And it was definitely not three years that we've been just sitting around. Oh, you guys like, we were on more than a hundred shows every 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 year. You guys were road dogs. Shows. Yeah, road dogs. But like, we got so much better just by playing all the fucking time yeah. all over the place. And also, it's like you know, we shared the stage. We toured like Immolation, Cannibal Corpse, Morbid Angel, Suffocation, like you name it. Yep. Play show with Exune. We play with Possessed. We we play with. We're, we're, at this point, we're fucking friends with everybody. Some of the gods. And, yeah. 
Yeah, and he's like, not only that, he's like, you know, we got to be on the road with them and become friends with them. And he's like, you know, we felt a real connection with a lot of these people because, like, we seen them what we want to be, and they saw in us what they used to be because all these bands came from the underground. You know yep. what I mean? None of these bands, like, you know, were were a product of a big label that created some kind of like. Uh, band image to sell like you know all these bands came from garages and like playing underground shows in people's Absolutely. basements and sh- same as we did so it's like you know it was really cool to connect with all these gods of death metal because it's like we became just friends like super easily because it's like we really had a connection of being like oh you guys are doing what we used to do and like you know and you're doing what, what we want to do so like you know it was really cool so it's like we you know we we gained so much confidence just from being on the road with these guys and like watch them play every night and you know when you're playing every night and when you finish your set the words that you say are like oh you know the next band is Morbid Angel you better be fucking playing you better be fucking playing good you know yep. what I mean? so it's like every night for us was like a challenge you know we're no more playing in front of a few or you know a few people in the underground scene it's like now we're playing right before the big guys yep and we and we don't want to sound any less than them you know what i mean because we always had that that spirit you know what i mean we always had that arrogance of being like mm-hmm. you know because i remember even me and chad at the very beginning listening to like nihilist demos or shit like that and we were like how the f*** can they play so fast? How the f*** can they play right? so heavy? How the f*** can they play so good? And we were both like, well, they were probably just playing all day, every day. So it was like, we better can do that. <laughs> you yep. know what I mean? So it's like, we always wanted to be as good as the best. This, this was always our goal. So it's like, we've been doing it for almost, I mean, nine years now in mm-hmm. Necro. And it's like, you know, even both of us, we had death metal bands before because I played in AC Felix since 2008. Yeah. And Bastom. And like, you know, so it's like, We've been playing death metal for over a decade, trying to 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 become the best, <laughs> or you know, trying to not the best, but like to become as good as the best. The best that, you that can be, always, yeah. That yeah. was always the goal, you know. And then you finally actually get to play with these guys, and you mm-hmm. actually and you actually get to talk with them. And you know, we had so much uh, confirmation that what we were doing was good from these people. You know what I mean? We've had people, Steve Tucker, telling us, like, you know, you guys are fantastic. You guys are great. You guys are the future of this of that metal because you guys are doing it right. You know, That's you have awesome. people like that telling you that. And you're like, you know, it gives you extra confidence to get even better. Hell and yeah. then it's like, you know, we got to record, we got to write Mortal. And I had like three, four months to write the whole album because that was the only break we took from tours. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even a full break because we still went like four days in Canada and played some shows. Mm-hmm. We still had a couple local shows. We had a show with our other bands. So it was like, you know, we had three, four months of partial break to fucking write the whole album. That's crazy. With the pressure of making an album that was better than Blood Offerings that everybody loved. But at the same time, we had that confidence and we had the the work stamina of like working towards the band every single day was the new normal, you mm-hmm. know? So like for me it was every day I wake up and, and try and write the songs for the album. And then me and Chad were practicing every day. And then we like, you know, and then, so we, we ended up writing this album in those three, four months and getting it all ready. And then Sony wrote the solos that we were used to work on the band every day. So then it's like, we got back from tour after three months and we had a month and a half to practice the songs before going in the studio 
and we practiced uh, every day nice. in a row. And then we got into the studio and we, we were in the studio every day besides two days a week. We were taking breaks Saturday, Sundays, but then we were Monday through Friday in the studio. We were there at least four weeks in a row. And that's it. We did the album and it was done. So it's like, you know, there was pressure, but at the same time, there was such a huge amount of confidence that like, kind of yeah. like mixed with the pressure. It was kind of like the perfect scenario, you know, to get the best out of it. Because, you, you know, you do have to acknowledge that, like, there is a little bit of pressure because you guys put out a killer first, like, big record from from you guys. And then, you know, you're going into the sophomore follow-up. You know, I, I'm sure there's a lot of expectations, but that's cool that you, you have that confidence because you said you guys were kind of road-tested at that point and you guys gotten so much love from all these, like, you know, metal gods. So, that's fucking rad. Totally, totally. And, I, you know, you need the pressure. You need the pressure in everything you do because you need a little pressure. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to sl- slack. You know, my band knows that, too. Sometimes I'm, I'm a little hard on Chad and Sonny but because I want him to give the best. Totally. You know? <laughs> totally. Um, so, uh, ne- Necrot's a Bay Area band, but uh, let's get a little bit about your background. Uh, where are you from originally? Uh, did you Were you born in the Bay Area? And and uh, what, what made you fall in love with metal? Well, I was born in, in Florence, Italy. Oh. And uh, and uh, but I always tried to get the fuck out of there, and uh, I went to when I was eighteen. I moved to London. Wow. And okay. Then I was there for a period, and then I moved back to Italy for another short period, and then when I was twenty-one, I moved to Auckland. And uh, Chad is from San Jose, California, so he's pretty much from the Bay. And uh, Sonia, guitar player, is from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Okay. And uh, he moved in. I, I moved in. I moved to Auckland twelve years ago, and I think that Sonny moved to the Bay about fifteen years ago, something like that. What drew you to Auckland? Well, mostly like you know, um, it was a mix of things because like uh, I used to have bands in Italy, uh-huh. and with one of which we actually did European tours and stuff. Uh-huh. But then it's like. Uh, it didn't work out for obvious reason. Like it's really hard to have a touring band in Italy. Like, you know, the economy is bad and like, it's hard to like keep a job. Like if you, if you, if you ask for days off to play music, they won't allow it. Okay. And uh, like, it's very much more complicated, you know, to, I think the flexibility of the United States is what allows a lot of artists to thrive. You know, there is places where it's cheap to live or it used Mm -hmm. to be. And there is more job, there is more, yeah, it used to be, there is more job opportunity. So it's like, you know, if you lose your job to go on tour, you just go find another one. Yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, the U.S. was always a great place for music and I knew it. And um, I have, um, I have family all over the world for real, because like we we, Italians, we travel a lot. I have family in Australia. I have families in different parts of Europe. I have family in different parts of the U.S. But, you know, my my uncle, which is like almost 70 years old now, he has lived in Auckland since oh, cool. he was in his 20s. Oh, wow. So it's like when I was born, he was already here since like 10 years. So it's like I had this uncle in Auckland that I knew, like, you know, because he he, he, he would come to Italy, you know, once in a while. And like I would always see yeah. him like a couple of days. I would see him like a couple of days a year or every couple of years. You know yeah. what I mean? We were close because we were family, but we didn't know each other extensively. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it was a connection. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go there. And I remember I called him and I told him, I was like, hey, can you help me out for like, you know, 
a week, two weeks, can I crash at your place until I find my own situation? Yeah. And he actually told me, he was like, look, he was like, why don't you come? He's like, I need, I'm going on vacation soon with my family for a couple of weeks. And I need someone who's going to watch over my house. That's great. So it was, like, why don't, it was like, why don't you come in that period so you can watch over my house and you have a couple of weeks to find your own place. So That's that was awesome. kind of like my way in because That's it's like, perfect. you know, I came in, I had his house for two weeks and I, you know, and back then, like finding a room on Craigslist in Oakland was extremely easy, you know. Anyway, like uh, the way I, st I got into the music scene is because immediately when I got there, I got to know about Craigslist and I put an ad on Craigslist saying that I wanted to either join a band or I wanted to start a band. Yeah. And I put some I put some bands down as reference, and I think that I put like Motorhead, Venom, uh, Discharge, Morbid Angel. I throw down a bunch of bands. Yeah. And eventually, like you know, eventually uh, Kyle from Acephalix called me because their bass player just just quit. Okay. So it was so it was like, hey, do you want to try out for us? And that was after like not even ten days that I was in Auckland, and I, we I tried it out. And I borrowed the bass and an amp from him, and immediately the first practice was fantastic. So I was immediately part of the band. So like after ten days, I was already playing with Ace Topics. That's awesome. Full time because like at the time we were practicing like three, four times a week. That's how mental we were. Wow. Okay. So it was like it was great. I immediately had a lot of time, a lot of music, you know, going on in my life. Yeah, you plugged so in. Yeah. I plugged in immediately, and then like you know. And I think Sonny came here for the same reasons. You know, lots of people come to the Bay Area because they want to play music. Or at least they used to. I doubt it's going to be like that anymore. Thanks to the, the f***ing tech yeah. companies that destroyed everything. But like, uh, yeah, it used to be like that. It used to be art and music and like, you know, affordable housing mm -hmm. for artists to be able to do art. But like, uh, yeah, that's the past. <laughs> well, th talking about the past now, now that you bring that up, uh, wh let's go all the way back to when you were in Italy as a child. What what uh, was your first exposure to metal? What was like that light bulb moment? What what kind of was your first like foray into this like dark underground music? Well, the thing is, that, like, I lived really close, like a few blocks away from an occupied place, a squat. Oh. I used to have shows every weekend. So, like, since I was, like, 14, I used to spend a lot of time there because, it's like, you know, it was a really free, like, you know, beers were a dollar. Yeah. You could smoke there. Like, you know, there was a lot of people going there. You could meet a lot of people. There was also, like, you know, they were organizing demonstrations. There was a whole political aspect to it, too. But yeah. there was also, like, a big aspect of, like, you know, music and entertainment. Because, it's like, as you know, like, political squats in Italy, a way to get people to go there is the entertaining. So there is shows, there is there is other activities, and then eventually people get introduced to the politics. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like the entertainment part is always very important for a, for a political occupied place. Otherwise, people wouldn't go there because it's boring. You know yeah, what I mean? that's Just true. to talk about politics all the time. Yeah. So like I became involved there, and like I helped with my friends. We helped uh, building a, a practice space in there. We straight up built a wall to create a room, and we did some insonorization work in the place. This was when I was like 15, 16, wow. and then we were part of like... We were part of like, yeah, because one of my friends was a carpenter at the time because he left high school to to work as a carpenter with his dad. So he yeah. knew what to do it and we helped him, you know. And uh, 
But like we were part of like, you know, organizing shows there. And it's like literally in Italy, what people really love is uh, reggae. Dancehall oh, okay. yeah. is uh, techno, is other stuff, is eventually rock steady or shit like that. Yeah. So it's like me and my friends, we were the part that was trying to organize other stuff. So mm-hmm. it's like we were trying to book like punk bands, metal mm-hmm. bands, mm-hmm. hardcore bands, uh, mm-hmm. punk rock, whatever it could be that wasn't reggae. <laughs> yeah. I mean? Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. So it's like, you know, I got introduced to a lot of alternative music in general, not just metal, but also metal. Like, you know, when I was really young, there was a lot of like hardcore metal, punk, uh, you know, all kind of punk rock, whatever yeah. was yeah. Than reggae or techno for us was like, let's do it. <laughs> but then it's like, you know, playing, I was playing in a band and we played like, when, when I was really young, our favorite band was Motorhead. Cool. It was Motorhead, and it was Venom. So it was like, I had a band that sounded kind of like that. And, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, what really got me close to death metal was uh, the band uh, Death, Chuck Schulner. Okay. And especially, in, part- in particular, the album Human. Because for me, it was the first time that a metal band, like a, a death metal band, that I was really enjoying the lyrics on top of the music. Okay. You know what I mean? To me, that that's what made it extra special. I, I really always enjoyed Chuck Schulner lyrics. So to me, that was like the full completion, like complete, you know, amazing music, amazing lyrics. You totally, know? totally. Because I, I always loved other bands that were popular at the time, like, you know, Cannibal Corpse or like uh, even Morbid Angel were really popular mm-hmm. or like in the metal, you know what I mean? Or like, but like the bands that really, I was like, oh, that and early Sepultura, Max Cavalek, Schizophrenia, Bestial Devastation, Beneath the Remains, those albums, like, I don't know, I listened to like, a million times growing up. Yeah. Like, and and the reason why I love those albums a lot, it was also the music and the lyrics together. Because I did listen to a lot of punk too. We loved like, you know, the Bad Kennedys and like all these bands. Like, And of course, like, you know, even when we were younger, when we were like 14, whatever, we even liked uh, punk rock bands mm-hmm. like, you know, Rancid or uh, The Cramps. Mm-hmm. Or um, I don't know, you know what I mean. So oh, it's like there was a huge variety of, of alternative music. Let's say when I was thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. But then more and more is like you know I was getting more and more aggravated by life in general. So it's like you start listening to more heavy and darker stuff, you know. Especially like you know when you're a teenager, especially growing up in Italy, you get so much uh, freedom as a kid because you can drink. They let you into bars. You can stay out. Especially with my parents, they're like you know they always left us. I could when I was fourteen, fifteen. I could come back home whenever I wanted. I could leave and come back after two days. My mom wouldn't give a shit. She's like, yeah. She was like, as long as you, she's like, she's like, as long as you don't fail with school, you can do whatever you want. Nice. So you got so some freedom, like, yeah. Know, I got the complete freedom, which is like super. Is, is I, I went through so much when I was little, just from doing so much stupid things, and like I, I, I consider myself extremely lucky yeah. for coming out of here you know, mostly unarmed, but like, uh, you know, it was great because it's like between 15 and 18, I did all the mistakes that you can possibly do in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. So by the time I was 19, 
I was an adult. <laughs> we know, like, you know, I was, I had no willing to, 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 to repeat those mistakes I've already done. Totally. <laughs> so it's like, in a way, it was really cool because, yeah. like, you know, I, I, I was, I was 19. I already experienced a lot of things from drugs to loss to like, you know, deceive to, 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 to also the life in a, in a occupied squad place with a lot yeah. of politics and involved and a lot of like, you know, understanding, like, you know, talking with touring bands and like, you know, organizing their show and like, you know, you already get an idea of what it is to be in a touring band by just being in contact of people doing that, you know. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I mean, I got to be like, you know, I got to be an adult very young and then like, you know, I... I when I was 18, I moved and went to London and got a job and started living by myself. And I went there by myself. I didn't know anybody there. And then it's like, you know, I pretty much did the same again when I was 21 mm-hmm. coming to the States. It's like, you know, I knew my uncle, but like, you know, Burley. And he's like, no, you know, you don't move to a place to like, you know, start going out with your 60-year-old uncle that you barely know. So it's like, you know, I kind of moved to Oakland without knowing anybody here either. Yeah. So then it's like you get that old discovery and like uh, that whole, like, you know, the first year were super hard. I yeah. have to admit it to you. They were exciting, but at the same time, they were extremely hard. But like, you know, it, it all pays off, you know, mm-hmm. eventually. Well, I wanted to ask about, so you, you uh, mentioned uh, growing up in Italy and you had that squat that occupied a kind of like punk commune. Um, and now like you, hearing those political hearing that uh the politics and and using your voice and and recently you were a part of something called metalheads against racism uh it's like a video kind of kind of compilation is that something that you you created yeah i started it uh with the help of um eric uh, which is the guitar player of gay creeper yeah because uh, you know we, we we were just on tour together and we, we we have known each other for a while we became really good friends and like you know when i had the idea i wanted to like you know i wanted to be something that involved as much people as possible. And I wanted people to take the project as they were his own project. I never wanted to like be like my own thing, you yeah, know, I yeah. can't do this by myself. It was my idea. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm going to create this email where people can send their videos or their submissions or their ideas. Yeah. To, but at the same time, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't want to be the only one contacting people and telling them what to do. It's like, you know, I can, I got more people as possible involved telling them like, Hey, if you have an idea, let's do it or yeah. let's bring it up and like, you know, tell people and like, you know, let's have a conversation. And like, it all went very organically and very naturally. But at the same time, I do have experience of political activism from when I was really young to the, because it's like, you know, I started going to these places when I was like 14, 15. So by the time I was 16, 17, I was borderline completely brainwashed that I wanted to fucking, you know, change the world. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was really active. But then at the same time, it's like, you know, I have also seen all the people that, that ended up, like, you know, in prison for a long time or, like, you know, that they ended up having very serious problems. Also because in Italy you've seen things that, like, you know, you're starting to see now in the U.S. But, like, you know, people getting cops going to their house and putting, yeah. like, a bag on your head and taking you away. You know what I mean? These things have happened in Italy Scary. for a long yeah. time. Because in Italy in the 70s, we had Brigate Rosse, we had a real movement that like, you know, they actually ended up kidnapping the person who was going to be elected as president, they wow. shot him and killed him. You know what I mean? So there, there has been history of real political activism that in Italy that goes to the point that like, you know, politicians get murdered. So it's like, you know, the reaction of police has always been like, you know, 
against human rights and all of that, like it's happening now in the United States mm-hmm. for no reason. But like, uh, what I'm thinking, like, you know, so it's like, you know, in Italy, you, you, you become part of these movements and all of that, but you also see like the, how, how bad you can end up, you know what I mean? By doing so. Yeah. And at the same time, something that discourages you a little bit after a while that you're part of this is like, you seeing how damaging it is, uh, the, the, um, hold on, how damaging it is like the, um, the work that is, is, is put against you by the same, like, you know, people with the same goal will spend so much time criticizing each other it's and what they're yeah. doing and, and why things should be done a different way. And like, oh, you're trying to help, but at the same time, you're doing it wrong. But without giving you like, you know, without giving you like, oh, you should do it like this with nothing positive. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like even in Italy, this is part of the all over the world's movements. Usually they get destroyed from the inside. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? By being ultra critic with each other, you know? And it's like, because people, they often feel like they need to say, when someone does something, they need to say like, oh, you should not have done it. Oh, you should have done it differently. But at the same time, they're not doing anything. Or they're, or if you tell them like, hey, participate, help us make it better, then they don't want to. There is so much people that they just want to criticize, you know what I mean? Sounds so like eventually, Twitter. if you want to be a... No, but it's, it is like that. If you want to be a political activist in any way, you are, you, you're going to end up fighting... The most, the biggest fight is with people on that say they're on your side. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hear you, man. So it's like ultimately, to me, it's like you know I've experienced the the, the involvement in, in politics, and it's like to me, ultimately, the only involvement that I really love is in music and is in the music scene because music transcends politics, and music yeah. is really what brings people together, and music is politics itself. So it's like, to me, it's like, you know, the metal versus racism is something that I started with the help of other people because I feel that, like, the metal scene needs it. Absolutely. And I feel that, like, you know, our, our music scene needs it. But it's like, at the same time, it's like, uh, I, I honestly have to tell you that, like, I've already experienced trying to have a more political, active life. And I still do in a sense of, like, you know, I like to talk and say what I think, and I, t- I, I try and influence people in thinking a little different. And, it's like, and I like to live my life in a way that makes sense to me, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, morally and uh, politically. But at the same time, I would not sacrifice my freedom to overthrow the situation, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, like, I think that, like, Ultimately, I think that uh, humans will change and things will change where people are ready for it. And it's really important to push for a change and it's really important to push for a discussion. Yeah. But I think I think also art and music is something that is extremely important and that we should defend. Because it's like ultimately, like, you know, I think that like uh, the problems of this planet and the problems of the human mind are uh, almost inevitable. Yeah. You know? Because they're part of our nature and the part of the nature of the world that we live in. And it's like, we can struggle to make it better, and we all should. But most importantly, we should have positive criticism, and we should have positive actions towards people who are are trying to make a change. Because I feel that often people that they believe they all stand on the same side, Mm -hmm. they do so much criticism, while at the same time not doing anything positive and proactive that they become themselves the biggest enemy. You know what I mean? 
Oh, I know what you mean, dude. Uh, you couldn't have said it better. I couldn't have said it better, man. Like, uh, I appreciate you you kind of giving such a thoughtful answer to that, man. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to take up your whole day. I know you probably got a lot of stuff to get to, but I just have a couple more questions. This one's a little bit more lighthearted. But... You're fine. I'm, I'm like, I don't have a busy schedule lately. <laughs> okay, cool, man. Well, uh, I, I was curious about you. You said that, uh, you know, so I, I'm curious about... So we all know the big four of thrash, American thrash music, right? So Slayer, Anthrax, Metallica, Megadeth. In your opinion, Luca, okay, what's the big four of death metal? Your big four of death metal. Well, for me, the big four of death metal are Death, Immolation, Morbid Angel, and Bolt Thrower. Nice, dude. And Necrot coming in fifth, right? <laughs> I can't. I wouldn't say that. I don't think we deserve that position. Right? You'd be. You'd kind of be a little bit cocky if you were to say that. But man, that's a big, good, big four. You got... I, I, I can be. I can be very cocky, but no, I, I, I'm not like stupid. You know, it's like we. we we're talking about bands that have been existing for like 30, 40 years. You yeah, know? Exactly. I would never compare myself to them. What was that again? So death, uh, immolation, morbid angel, and bolt thrower. That's that's a huge. Yeah, uh, that's that's big, man. Um, right on, man. Wouldn't you go to? Wouldn't you go to see that show? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'd go to that show, man. Um, okay, my my final question for you, dude, is like, uh, you know, during this pandemic time, a lot of days kind of blend together. It can be hard to get inspired. It can be hard to create. It can be hard to even have a good day and have a positive outlook. What keeps you inspired during this, you know, pandemic period? Well, to me, it's like, you know, I've all, I always find a lot of inspiration from insecurity. Not insecurity in the sense of like, oh, I'm an insecure person, but like from not knowing what the future is going to be. Okay. Because it's like, I've always like, I don't know, I've always lived, uh, I don't know, the only thing that has been constant is my, in my life is, is metal, is death metal and necro right now. You know, this is my only thing that I know for sure is still going to be there. Yeah. Unless, you know, I, like something terrible happens, someone gets terribly injured, they can never play music ever again or mm -hmm. whatnot. But like, you know, everything else in my life has always come and go, always, all the time. So it's like, to me... These moments right now is great for inspiration. It is great. I think it's fantastic because yeah. it's like people are being more screwed on a on a global level mm -hmm. instead of like you know because usually it's like there is some people that get screwed way harder than others. Instead now almost everybody's getting screwed away or another. So that that's kind of like feels almost kind of like some kind of justice in a way. But like at the same time it's like it's such an unsafe moment and like. It's such a moment where nobody knows what's going to happen. And, like, if you don't find inspiration, like, you know, as an artist, you need to find inspiration in discomfort. So it's like, if you don't find inspiration right now, you you, you might want to do something else. <laughs> we have never been a better time to find inspiration. Everybody's got more time. Everybody's got more time to waste. Yeah. Everything looks so dark, and, and we don't know what's going to happen. So, like, I think it's a great time to find inspiration. But also, another thing that I believe is that inspiration needs to be triggered. So it's like, to me, for the same reason why, for me, it's like, you know, like I told you, I had three, four months to write all the songs for Mortal, okay? Mm -hmm. 
So it's like if, if we're talking about inspiration, you know, I could have told you, like, you know, in those three, four months, there wasn't much inspiration, so I failed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like inspiration needs to be triggered, and by triggered, I mean you need to play music all day, every day. Yeah. And inspiration is eventually going to show up. If you play your guitar an hour every day or an hour and a half and nothing good comes out and you give up and then eventually... Sometimes, you know, it's kind of it's kind of uh, weird, but like, you know, sometimes you sit down with your guitar and you write a whole song yeah. in half an hour. You're done. Or sometimes you sit down for six hours, play your guitar and nothing good comes out. Or sometimes you sit down with your guitar for five hours and nothing good comes out. But then a couple of hours after, you write a super sick song. So it's like to me, inspiration needs to be like you know, in, you you need to to give it the time for inspiration to come. Yeah. You can't just play guitar. Even if you play guitar for a couple of hours every day for a week, and you come out with nothing good, you 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 still you, that doesn't mean you still gotta keep playing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like. People sometimes they're like, oh, I'm not inspired, but like, it, it really what they're saying is like, oh, I'm lazy. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, you man. Know, I like I that. I think inspiration comes. If, if you wait, inspiration comes. You just got to stay there and, 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 and wait for it, but it's going to come. You know, you just got to wait for it. <laughs> you got to exercise it's like people, it out. Like, you know, yeah, it's, it's like, to me, it's like the same time, with, the same thing with like singing death metal, you know. Death metal vocals are really hard, but like I truly believe that anybody can do it. Yeah. If, if, you, if you scream in a mic, destroying your throat for months, for for a while, eventually one point you figure it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like it's the same with it's the same with inspiration. It's like you know you can say that you don't have it, or you can sit there and wait for it until it maybe shows up. <laughs> you wouldn't go to the gym, uh, you know, and do some pull ups, and then be angry that you know you're not you you haven't inspired you your muscle. body to become buff. <laughs> <laughs> totally, this is somewhat similar, I guess. Yeah, That's somewhat similar. Yeah, you just gotta you just gotta give it the time, enough time for it to happen. Totally, man. It's, it's like we, we live in we live in such a like you know immediate reward kind of uh, society and world. You mm-hmm. know, nobody no, nobody likes to do anything that they don't get the results immediately That's or soon. Yeah, which is which is like you know the best things in life comes from like years of of like you know taking care of the garden before you actually eat a fruit <laughs> you know but that fruit is gonna be so good when you actually get it <laughs> that's very true man i i appreciate you kind of you know breaking that down for me dude and um you know again the record is uh, called mortal it's coming out august 28th you can pre-order it now check out the new singles uh new uh necrot again is the name of the band luca indrio bassist vocalist for this band uh just i'm really stoked for this record do you have any final words for the northwest the seattle area well, if anybody wants uh, Seattle area, we, we love Seattle. We have so many friends out there. It's That's ridiculous. Awesome. I might have friends there than anywhere else. And uh, But, like, yeah, we love coming to Seattle. Hopefully we'll come back soon. And it's like, you know, Seattle is one of those places where we had a following. We had a following before even anybody knew who the f- we were. You That's know, we, we were going to Seattle and Portland playing with our tapes, and we already had great shows. But, like, yeah, one thing that I want to tell everybody uh, in general right now is, like, please, if you can, if you like our music, uh, buy the album. It's like I'm not in any way 
against people downloading music for free. Mm-hmm. I think that people that cannot afford to buy an album should go online and download the music for free and have it because the music is for everybody. But like, you know, medium bands like us or smaller bands than us even, like they really need your support right now if you like the music and you can't afford it without, you know, having serious problems, like you should try and support the bands. Absolutely. And uh, we have a website on our Bandcamp, necro.bandcamp.com, I believe it is, mm-hmm. and that's where we have t-shirts and and records if anybody wants to, like, you know, throw a few dollars with us right now. It, it's really great for us because, like, you know, we make our money from the shows, and right now we yeah. don't have shows. And not only that, it's like we have no idea when, when shows when will happen. Yeah. Gonna, when shows will happen again. So if anybody can support not just us, but any smaller band that you like, that they have a new record or whatnot, please go go buy it. Because uh, And if there is like you know a way to support your local venues too, if they're selling food or whatnot, yep. Like try and let's, let's all try and be very conscious of where we spend our, our, our the little money we got left right now because it's like if we keep giving our money to corporations, especially right now, and it's like you know a lot of small businesses, a lot of artists are gonna are gonna quit, they're gonna die, they're yeah. gonna shut down. So it's like you know, just I just want to tell people to be a little conscious of where they buy their food right now. Or, yeah. They support. So make sure to go to your, you know, local taco truck rather than yeah. going to like, you know, Chipotle. <laughs> exactly, man. Dude, thank you so much, dude. And and I really appreciate you taking the time. Again, Mortal coming out August twenty eighth. Pre order it. Luca, thanks, brother. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a good day, brother. Yeah, you too, man. Talk to you soon, man. Bye. Bye bye. Thanks soon. This has been Metal Shops Backstage Pass. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.